The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hardly Kayfabe, your home for pro wrestling talk right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside, as always, Christopher Chavez. What's up, brother? And Johnny Townsend. Uh, Give me a second. I just need a little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) 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 Yes! Is that not the greatest thing to happen to wrestling in the past few days? Did you see that his shirt is already like the top selling shirt ever at Pro Wrestling Tees? Oh god, that's so that's all good. about that. He made yeah. a shirt it's on that. So good. Oh yes, yes. yeah, and it's sold out from what I've it's heard. It's like it's called the Bubbly Club instead of the Bullet Club, and it's, it follows the same gimmick. Oh, that's amazing. I haven't seen all oh, the yeah. memes he's been uh, like the video memes he's been retweeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the last. Oh, yeah, god, those have been those... fantastic. Yeah, so amazing. <laughs> yeah such good stuff it is it's been a crazy week in pro wrestling uh more so outside of the ring now i'm not gonna say oh, so yeah. much inside of the ring but we got plenty to talk about with you all today yeah uh you know lots of lots of good lots of uh lots of bad but yes we are going to be lots to talk about on the cm punks uh this week that's for sure yeah cm punks uh, if you don't know what that is, listeners, you better be following Harley Kayfabe on iTunes. Or it's not even iTunes anymore. You guys hear this? Uh, they got rid of iTunes. Oh, not they didn't get rid of it. iTunes no longer hosts podcasts. Everything is getting merged and sent over to Apple Podcasts now. They still have iTunes for music, but Apple Podcasts. So if you're not listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, what the f are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We like to threaten you. Get on the game and yeah. know what's up because yeah. we're going to get into the CM Punks. Yeah, watch. That's right. Listen to our fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> CM Punks, else? guys. Uh, let me throw this at you real quick. CM Punks. Rick Flair is insisting that he's the man, and he's going to go as far as taking the WWE to court to prove he's the man. You, yeah, uh, I seen this and it was Dude. just so cringeworthy. I mean, this is like Hulk Hogan trying to, you know, just stay relevant again. It's is it? Uh, it's pathetic. Does he? He's but he's here's the difference though. I would argue Flair is still kind of relevant, way more than Hogan is. And also, does does he need money? I mean, I know he went bankrupt or something not too long ago. Is he still in a desperate need of money? Probably. Is that what's happening? He here? just got married for the fourth time. Of course, he has no money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually one of the things he said, dude. So one of the things he was talking about was the fact that he wants to look that he created the phrase, you know, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And uh, I guess he owns the copyright to that phrase itself. Like he trademarked it and it's his. But now he's saying that the use of the word the man by Becky Lynch, you know, he's he supports it. He thinks it's great. But he thinks the E should be kicking him a few dollars because that was his thing. Using the man in a wrestling term meant like you were the, the top dog. You're the one, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, that's such a that's such a hard one to to really justify. Uh, and I can give you an example. A couple of years ago, uh, when I was doing indie wrestling, towards the end of my tenure, a guy was going around and reporting videos of a friend of mine. His name is Big Time Bill Callier. He wrestles at Empire State Wrestling. He said that he coined the phrase big time. Uh, He has, like, all, like, rights and and all that. Like, nobody can use that that thing, Uh, which was untrue because it's such a – the phrase is so, like, vague, I guess, that you can't really trademark that. There's 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 no argument. You have he has no argument in this case. And this this guy who's who's claiming that, you know, he Bill Collier couldn't use the phrase big time. So I think in Ric Flair's case that he doesn't have the case. I mean or really have uh enough evidence or or, or really to, to justify this. I mean the man. 
the man is used in, in various, various. Yeah, who's the man? Who's right? the man? Uh, you various the man. support. You know, various sports. You you know, you will use this phrase. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not something you could do if it was a little bit more yeah. creative, like you know, like some people get, um, and I'm sure Ric Flair can get. Uh, you know, then he would have a case, but you can't. You can't coin the term "the man." Right. That just that's just not how that's just not how that works. Yeah, and there's been plenty of other wrestlers besides Becky Lynch throughout the history who oh, have yeah. called themselves that. Uh, I, I, mean, I remember when Goldberg was called that in WCW coming to the ring to say, "That's the man right there." Yep. Yep. So, like, I don't, <laughs> Flair. I love you, buddy. I truly do. You're one of my all time, one of the all time greats. No one will ever argue that. Do, do we just? Need to like start a GoFundMe for you? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> I know you sadly were in the hospital for a lot, so I bet those bills are piling up. I get it. That oh, literally, man. yeah, that came up in his argument. His argument is is that he wants to get paid for it so that he can take care of his family and the ones who loved him and have been with him when he needed. And he literally spoke about when he was literally almost dying uh, in the in the hospital earlier this year. He said he was close to death, and the only person there is his new wife who sat there for 20-something days or however many days it was. She was the only one there the whole time. So he said, yes, I want to make sure I get the money to take care of her for the rest of her life and the rest of my family. I'm wondering if she was just sitting there waiting for him to croak so she could get that money. That's a... that's a giant accusation. You're on your own there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. No, you're um, not. No, you're but not. you know what? I, you know what? I, you know what I think is funny here. This is what I think is hilarious. I think it's hilarious that Ric Flair is freaking out because Becky's using the man. Did Buddy was it Buddy Landell who was called the Nature Boy back? Buddy in the day? Rogers. Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers. That's who it was. Did he didn't freak out, or if he did, like Ric Flair didn't give a shit when he started using Nature Boy. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's a nothing. Good point. And he wasn't even like there was like two or three different Nature Boys, right? Nothing's original. Like we're in an era now where nothing yeah. is original. We're in that era for a long time, including the '80s. Everything's built upon stuff that came before. It, I don't know, Johnny. I like your your nickname. We call you Stone Cold Johnny Townsend. That's pretty that's original. True, dude. That's I've never heard that before either. <laughs> so see, uh, I think there. You know, it's funny too because I think. Buddy Rogers had a, be- a better case for uh, Ric Flair using the Nature Boy than Ric Flair has against the yeah. E for using the Man. Nature for Boy sure. is, is a little bit more creative than just the Man. So right, because it's it's almost like yeah, you're right. Nature Boy is like who says that? Where'd that come? You know what I mean? It's it's not Mother Nature. You've heard. You've not really heard Nature Boy. At least I hadn't until wrestling. Right. Yeah. That's I. Neither have I. I mean, it could have been a popular phrase back in that day that people used. Uh, you know, a little bit more frequent than than we do now. But but still, it's it's still a little wild to me. Uh, you know, and everybody, I guess everybody's a hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I I don't know. I think it's it, interesting. It is. And you know what's funny though too? It it kind of puts Charlotte Flair in a weird spot. Uh, it totally does, dude. It's so weird. Because you know what I mean. I, apparently, her and Becky are friends, or, or or maybe, maybe not. But I mean, she's there. She's got to put up with it. Uh, and I've I've heard reports that she's not very happy with her father for uh, for that. I read on a couple of the CM punks that she's not very yeah. stoked with her father for doing this right now. Uh, yeah, it's, I saw it's the same. A des- it's, it feels like a desperate reach for attention and, and money. Uh, and I, I guess. I don't know. When you're like Ric Flair status, maybe it's worth a a, a try, a reach. But is it just because but... it's going? Is it is it because he's at that status that something like this just goes to his head, where he's just like, wait a second, you know, she could call herself the man. I don't like that everybody's cheering for her. I was the original man. You know what I mean? You little whippersnappers. <sighs> is he getting too old, man? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's up there. <laughs> he's up there for sure. And I. I and I kind of feel for Charlotte just because, I mean, it puts her in a weird, awkward position. Yeah. You know, because she works there. He has to, he has to, that's her, yeah, that's yeah. her job. Yeah, has to be there she, every day. She has day. to answer. Yeah, she has to answer to those people in whom he's trying to sue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there's a chance that, I mean, it's it probably wouldn't happen, but you can't put it past uh, the McMahons being that petty. I mean, they can, they can, they can help start to bury her. You know what I mean? And you don't want to see that. Well, the McMahons have never had a history of being petty, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Did you just sneeze? You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, man. So, yeah, so that's happening in the news. CM Punk's, we're also talking about there's creative shakeup going on in the WWE. So um, we we knew that Bischoff and Heyman were hired on as head writers for Raw and SmackDown, respectively. Uh, Bischoff at SmackDown, Heyman at Raw. They they did some things where they took one of these writers that was at that was working for Raw and he moved over to SmackDown now, which was a big deal. But also one of the things that made the news was that Eric Bischoff had hired a, a writer to join the team. Um, this guy had written for Sons of Anarchy. Have have you guys ever watched that show? I never got into uh, it full on, but I've watched an episode here and yeah. there. Same, same. I know it's popular. So this guy was I guess it's pos- it's popularity though. Yeah, yeah, I've I've never seen it. Never saw an episode. Probably, I mean, I mean, I've seen more of Breaking Bad than I have of Sons of Anarchy. Uh, but this guy was found backstage. Apparently, you know, when they should have been working, he was found in a room off to the side somewhere, just zonked out, snoring away, sleeping. And now everyone's looking at Bischoff like, really? This is the guy you brought in here? And I got to tell you, for the, I mean. This is we've all been, you know, at work, had a hard night, whatever it is. And you're just fucking tired, dude. You can't help but nod off a little bit. So that's understandable. This makes me feel like there was a lot more to them just finding him asleep. Why Bischoff's getting heat for it. There must be more with this guy. I, I'm i trying to understand it, too, because we all have uh, have had it where we vouched for somebody and we yeah. kind of put our own reputations on the line. And that person didn't pan out yep. in whatever oh, Anthony, situation. Yeah, Anthony and it comes works back for my you. agency, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's sitting right there, isn't he? No, but oh. he's going to love it. <laughs> so I, I, that's the only way I can even think of it remotely coming back on him. Uh, but it's, I don't know, I was looking at Twitter, and um, Brian Gewertz, who used to be a writer for WWE, I follow him on there, and he actually had a t- tweet about this. I'm going to read it verbatim. He had a link to that story, um, and he goes, Big deal. I once took Dramamine before a flight and fell asleep while at the head table during a production meeting. Weeks later, I was writing vignettes for the Naked Median. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, Yeah. I, I don't think it should matter. I mean, this guy might be getting himself into something, you know, a little crazy. Yeah. We all know how hectic WWE's schedule is. Those Booker guys oh, and all that. They are, they work them sometimes tougher than the wrestlers. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Have and they travel too. They got to travel too, just as much as the wrestlers do. Yeah, they, yep. they they're at every show. They're planning out storylines. Sometimes they have to rewrite entire scripts an hour before the TV show goes on. So they get worked like dogs just as much as the wrestlers. And this guy, Sons of Anarchy, you know, great show, weekly episodic television. Uh, the his writing this writing schedule might be a little bit tougher than mm-hmm. he thought he was getting. He knew what he was getting into. So true. Which you know, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, I don't think he should be buried for uh, this. I don't think it should be as big of a story as maybe it's being made out to be. But. Uh, That's why I feel like there's got to be something else to it, because yeah. like Johnny said, you know, we've got people who have worked for the E that have said big fucking deal. I did this, this, this and this. So that makes me feel like people are latching on to this like it's a last straw kind of a thing. Right. Like what else has he done or what else happened? Maybe he's not getting along with people. Maybe he's throwing out some just whacked ideas. And he's like, yo, Undertaker should bring that chopper back. I can write that shit easy. Actually, well, I like that idea. I, <laughs> I don't. No, do not. Do not. I, I hate it. That Undertaker is forever dead to me. <laughs> it's forever dead man to me. American badass. Um, but uh, it's. I don't know. Like I get what you're saying. Like it, it's. It does sound like it's got to be something else along with it because if this guy just fell asleep, we've all. Done, and I'm not saying that's something you want to do on your first day. Don't get me wrong. But it just seems like something you can kind of get past if you start showing a good work ethic, you know, right, right. right after that. Yeah, right. like Leo Rush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> whatever, perfect. Exactly. Whatever happened to that guy? 
Uh, <laughs> poor guy. Um, we're probably going to see him somewhere on NXT or whatever when they move to USA. Now that they're doing this whole thing where it's not really being called call up. It's just a third brand and that anybody could show up on anything. Uh, and that kind of speaks to what they're doing, too. So I wonder if this is, has anything to do with the creative shakeup as well. Because they're moving people around and saying, all right, now you're writing for Raw, you're writing for SmackDown. And they're like, oh, man, but I'm not used to all these people, right? The I, I don't know, is it confirmed or is it just a rumor that they're looking to do uh, another draft? I read a couple reports that they do plan on it once the uh, yeah. right once this, the change up with SmackDown becomes official. Right, yeah, that's what I heard too. Which is, so basically what we're going to see is who they think is the most important people uh, on the roster because they're going to be on SmackDown on Fox. Mm. I would think so. They're they're at least going to put some over there to make people want to watch Fox. It's important. I think it's important for WWE to have a, a decent number on Fox when it premieres. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't put it past them. That would be my thoughts anyway. Isn't this like their second draft this year, though? Wouldn't it be? Yeah. I yeah. hate drafts. I you, I remember the <laughs> 04, or the, the 2002 one was really cool when they first split the brands, uh, but I wasn't watching then. I was super excited for the 2004 uh, and and we've talked about this many times in the show because the brand split actually mattered back then. Wrestlers were yeah. separated, brought together for very rarely, uh, but it made it feel special. Uh, they just yeah. did this this draft with the stupid wild card rule back in what April, yeah. and it's just it hasn't panned out. So oh, let's just correct it with another draft. Uh, <laughs> you know, why it, don't they just like just. It, it, why don't they do it like they used to do back in the day, dude? Because you would see Stone Cold on SmackDown and you'd see him on Raw. You'd see Rock on SmackDown and you'd see him on Raw. Now, you don't want to oversaturate it either, but it, it should be okay that you just see them on all these different brands because it's it's the E. It's the universe, right? If you look at it I, like MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have you know the Avengers, Monday Night Raw. You have, uh, I don't know, what other, what, what else do we have? Um, the Ant-Man series or whatever. This could be NXT. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy or the SmackDown. But they all interact. You'll see characters from the Avengers in these other movies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but WWE has a history of overusing top stars. Like, Becky Lynch for a while was on everything, right? Yeah. To the point where that really, really oversaturated her. And also, in the long run, I feel hurt the women's division just because the, nobody else could really shine. That's true. It's just so, true. I mean, you got to be really careful if with you, that. Yeah, if you keep the brand split, it helps create more more stars uh, for you to use and potential bigger super matches, I, I personally feel. Um, and another one, too, like they yeah. had this wild card rule where, where, where superstars can cross over. And but only three. Sa- only three per week, remember? Three that? per that week. The rule. And like three. they were like the same ones crossing over all the yeah. time. So it's just... There's a there's a weird line between it. Like I said, I think it's really good for WrestleMania time. You know, WrestleMania time, maybe SummerSlam, uh, definitely Survivor Series. With the they need to bring back that the the shows putting together teams. But um, yeah, I like the. I mean, I I personally like the isolated. You know, thing you can have megastars yeah. on on both. Back when it like yeah. back when I first started watching again, I mean, Raw was stacked. You had Evolution with Triple H, mm-hmm. Randy Orton, Flair, Batista. You had Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Christian, RVD, Goldberg. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, and like Kane, like that was those were the days. Then on the SmackDown brand, you had John Cena, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Big Show. Uh, Brock, Rey Mysterio, and they, like that was just they were loaded, uh, and it was it felt very balanced. Whereas the last couple attempts at really truly splitting the brands, you felt more star power on one of the other shows. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I two thousand four, like I will always refer to that because two thousand three, two thousand four, because that's when I came back to watching wrestling. I will always refer to that era, and it just it felt special. Yes, sir. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, man. Uh, well, let's see what we're going to be saying a couple of months from now when we're re- referring to each of these brands, uh, especially now that NXT will be a part of it, um, you know, being on the weekly and they're going to two hours. So there's going to be more development in their talent. Uh, but we will see, you know, crossovers just like other. So this past weekend, there was the AEW all out and then um, NXT had their UK, right? UK takeover. Yes. And. Yeah. Did you guys see? Did you guys get any chance to check out any of the NXT Takeover UK? 
I read the results and stuff, and apparently we really need to watch it. It got really good uh, feedback yeah. from what I've seen. There's a lot of really good feedback. It seems that the UK stars are stepping up just like the Americans do uh, when it comes to a takeover. But one of the things that I really enjoyed was the fact that Cesaro showed up and put on yeah. an amazing match. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Dude, like, he's so good. It's, it's criminal. It really is. How he's not a bigger star. It really is. It really is. Um, I'm telling you, though, it, it just speaks to the fact that he can be considered a SmackDown or, or, or Raw level talent, but they're looking at NXT as being that other brand where it's okay to cross over. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the draft and how that the, even affects the, the NXT yeah. USA deal. The, the dude literally had his teeth shoved up into his mouth. Oh, yeah. I remember. And finished the match. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> this is a tough guy. Insane. Um, but I also mentioned that because AEW's All Out was on there. There's a piece of news we're going to talk about on the CM Punks, but I want to go through All Out so that we can get to it. Uh, you guys said you saw some of it. I watched the whole thing. I'm going to tell you right now, Johnny, there's going to be a lot of matches in here that you're not going to like. Only because... I know you, and you've gotten to a point now where you're just like, you know what? When you I was younger, yeah. when I was younger, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing somebody put their life on the line like that. But nowadays, yeah. <laughs> I don't need it. Yeah, I, you're not wrong. It's, I mean, I still will appreciate those ladder matches and such, bro. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I really like these guys, and I want, <laughs> I want them to be able to play with their children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the standout matches for the entire thing for me was the ladder match, the ladder of death match with the Lucha Brothers and the uh, the Young Bucks going for the AAA titles. What a match. Holy crap, dude. I could not – like some of the spots, some of the bumps were like – we've seen ladder matches. We've seen – all three of us combined, we could probably have a whole entire episode on – some of the craziest tables, ladders, and chairs matches we've witnessed ever, right? Oh, absolutely. There were things, dude, oh, yeah. there were things on this match I had never seen before. And there were a couple of moments that I literally thought, that was too stupid. You literally just risked par paralyzing yourself forever. Like, we've seen it here and there on shows, and you're like, whatever, right? But this was like, okay. In the day and age we're in now, man, why? Why do you think that you have to do that? You can do other things. And I was kind of feeling you, Johnny. I was kind of like, <laughs> oh, God. But I knew it. Yeah. As I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, God, Johnny's going to hate this if he watches this. <laughs> I mean, you're going to appreciate the fact yeah. that these men are there working hard and they're hitting their spots, but you are going to hate that they're putting that kind of risk involved. I, I equate it to this. When I was younger, I used to love NASCAR. Like, I just loved it. But I loved it because the wrecks were really cool. <laughs> and then and then I got older, and I was like, you know, people literally get hurt and even die in these things. So yeah. I, I kind of grew out of it because of that. So. Dude, there was uh, this moment yeah. where where I feel like it was, I don't know if it was, I think it was Penta, plants Matt Jackson on his head from the top of a ta ladder on through a table and it was this kind of flipping, and it kind of reminds me of almost like a sitting pile driver, the way he lands. It was like a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. Okay, so you saw the spot? Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I've, I've seen that spot, yeah. yeah. I saw that Good spot on, the, Lord. on Twitter. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> and then how many – there were a few times that they're flipping outside of the ring and just bashing the shit out of their ankles and shins on that railing, on that, that guard and, rail. And wasn't one of the Lucha – it wasn't one of the Lucha Brothers already injured going into this. Correct, uh, Phoenix oh, was. Oh, that I don't know. Phoenix was. Yeah. Was he? He had. They thought for a second he had a broken leg or something. It was really oh, bad. Oh, that's right. Oh, you could see it. There was a lot of times during his match where he'd have to do some sort of spring off the top rope or something. You could see a lot of hesitation in what he was doing. Wow. Yeah, but dude, still phenomenal match. If you like, I was looking at the Bleacher Report uh, rating on this, and they gave it a B minus. I got to tell you, I'd still, I'd give it an A. Like an A minus to a, a mid level A because this is probably one of the craziest, better matches that I've seen in a while. Um, it was now they had fun with it. They did the whole you know like these brothers do the same move, then the other brothers do the same move kind of thing. There's spots where you're like, oh, this is choreographed. Then there's spots where you're just like, okay, they decided they're gonna try this, and it doesn't know it doesn't look like they they practiced it at all. Hmm. Yeah. 
I'm not saying I wouldn't ever watch it. Obviously, I'd watch it and I'd definitely appreciate it. But, you yeah. know, I can go back. I have a, I even have a hard time going back. And when I was younger, I loved those TLC matches with the Hardys and yeah. Legend Christian. I freaking love those things. Yeah. And now I'll go back and watch them. And I kind of went a little bit. Watching Dudley's. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Right. I think it's because we get older. We start to realize, oh, yeah, that doesn't really heal as well all the time. <laughs> yes, it does. It. That's a great. I mean, that's a it great phrase. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it is. It's a phenomenal match. I thought that was great. I got to tell you, too, uh, I enjoyed what uh, – Matt, you, I know you, you've you seen par, uh, Private Party. Because yes. they came through ESW a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, they went up against Jack Evans and Angelico. Angelico, great match. Yeah, they, they do good work, man. Private Party's just stellar uh, to watch. Nobody's ever watched a, a clip of them. You know, this match was a good one to watch. Uh, also, at ESW, they wrestled – Cheech and Colin Delaney, oh, yeah. and it was you know yeah. just it was really really amazing. So I mean, those are guys that you definitely want to know uh, going forward if if you're a wrestling fan. For sure. And by the way, I just want to say on our preview show for All Out, I called it. I said Arn Anderson should show up. Oh, you sure did, dude. Yeah, you I sure was very did. happy about that. That was one of the best parts of the evening. And see, I yeah. felt like that added. We're gonna get to that. For sure. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say was that a lot of these matches I started noticing is that they're starting to really build their storylines to, to lead into the TV debut. They're starting to show people turn heel. They're starting to show some things really come up and boil between some of these talents. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. One of the ones that was a good match. Did you guys watch, see any any piece of the uh, Pac or Pac Omega? Is it Pac or Pac? It's Pac. Yeah. Yeah, it's Pac. Did you guys ever see Did you guys see that one? Yeah, this was. I saw bits. This was insane. The the clips that I seen. I mean, Pac always delivers. This is just. I, I we kind of figured this going into, you know, oh, last week's episode previewing it. How insane that this would be. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely delivered. Bleach Report gave yeah. it an A, and I think that's that's very fair. Could be an A plus, uh, depending on depending on who you ask, what style of wrestling you really prefer to watch. But uh, man, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too, dude. Um, the Cody Sean Spears match. Now I know Bleacher Report gave it a low story, but I enjoyed it, man, and I thought it was a decent story going on too, especially with Tully there. Uh, and then all of a sudden Arn comes out, and that kind of adds this little kind of what's going on with them, you know, thing. And and the, that's the beauty too is seeing Arn be a part of this. So is that mean now? And a he's, spine buster. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew that it was alone. Coming. I knew that it was alone. Coming. I give this match an A. I knew it was co- bro. That exactly. That alone, it's already gone up in my eyes. But I thought it was a decent match. There was some good spots. It started out right away without a bell because, uh, you know, Cody attacks Sean immediately, and then they just take it out into the crowd for a while. So that was good. I just I felt like it was a lot better than the way uh, the Bleacher Report is reporting it. Um, there was this moment there, though. There was this moment where MJF and Tully uh, were kind of going at it, you know, talking shit to each other. Um, but later on, after Cody gets the win, there's a moment where it looked like MJF was giving him this look. So I thought he was going to turn on Cody in that moment. But I thought, you yeah. know, there's way too many turns tonight. Like, you don't want to overbook those slow turns. Bur- yeah, slow slow burn that. I think it's, you can turn him into one of the top heels right away. He's definitely got the talent for it. So just slow burn him like that. Don't just do it right away. We all know it's coming to make it really fun when it happens. And I think they're already playing into it on Twitter because somebody posted about, you know, when the day that MJF is thinking about turning heel and they showed the frame of him looking at Cody and Cody himself responded and said, no way ever that he was MJF was handpicked by Cody, that they're good friends, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then a little bit later, MJF uh, tweets a picture of uh from all out where they're walking down the ramp and he kind of glances over at Brandy Rhodes and he goes, man, I love Brandy Rhodes. Something like the way he says it, you start to be like, whoa, that could be a little inappropriate. Maybe they're starting to set the stage. (laughs) So that'll be interesting. But I thought this match actually was much better than the D minus that it was given. Um, all right. How about the last match of the night, which was for the title, Chris Jericho and Adam page. These guys for me put on a great show considering, you know, I mean, Chris is getting up there in age. Let's not, I'm not going to say he's undertaker level yet, but he's getting up there. And these two were just going nonstop. Yeah, this match, this match delivered what we thought it would be. Uh, even though my prediction was, was wrong, and I'm glad that it was. Uh, but, I mean, it was a great bout for your first ever, you know, AEW world champion. 
And Jericho, it, like you said, he, he is up there in age, but he's still, I don't know, smoke and mirrors, man. He makes it look so much easier than a lot of these guys right. have in the past. <laughs> you know, I, I, he could be considered this generation's, like, Shawn Michaels, in a Dude, sense. Shawn went well into, you know, later age and still performed at a very high level despite uh, injuries and all that. He still, you know, was putting on five-star matches even to, you know, even until he officially retired, uh, not so much when he unretired, uh, but yeah. when he reti- when he retired originally. I think it's a, it's a, it's good that Jericho uh, is doing this. Jericho's always been one who's been smart about how his, his wrestling style is, and he's always thinking long-term. He's never taken anything insanely cra- crazy or risky, uh, yeah. very rarely ever injured. I Actually, I can't remember really a time when Jericho was – uh, injured and out for an extended amount of time, but uh, yeah, this I mean, this is great. This is this was a treat for everybody there. Yeah. Uh, definitely a new school versus old school type match. Yeah, and, and him winning and having the belt really, literally, people who didn't know about AEW know now because of how <laughs> yeah. viral things went afterwards. Oh yes, oh, for sure. But I also <laughs> picture. I also thought it was a good idea to give him the belt first because of the name, because of the recognition, because it means something in the in the in the promotion itself. Not that Adam Page wouldn't have been a good first champ, but I feel like he's still new to people who haven't been following ROH or New Japan. True. So if you don't, yeah. you're not going to know who Adam Page is. You know who Chris Jericho is, man. Everybody knows Chris Jericho, even if you're not a wrestling fan, even if you're just in passing. You heard of Chris Jericho back in the day. You heard of Y2J. You heard of the list. You've heard of all these things. So it, it was a smart way to give, you know, to make sure that people knew AEW was here to, to stay. Like, this is a legit promotion. Um, but then, yes, that leads us right to right back to our CM Punks. I, there's a headline we wanted to talk about in which apparently after winning this match, Chris Jericho decided he needed some breadsticks from Olive Garden. Because um, isn't that <laughs> the only reason? Fair. Isn't that the only let's, reason people go to Olive Garden, dude? Is for the breadsticks? I thought it was a uh, wasn't it Longhorn Steakhouse? I think it was. I think it was a steak. It was. Oh, it, was it was Longhorn. Long, yeah, I thought it was Olive Garden. No, no. Somebody suggested that he should Olive Garden. Was it Virgil? Was it the Virgil thing? Yeah, oh, Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> he suggested that he should have went to Olive Garden, <laughs> but he. Yeah. And if he was being paid to watch that belt, it wouldn't have gotten stolen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Chris Jericho would go to Longhorn Steakhouse. I, I mean, I Longhorn, bro. Everybody has their taste, but Jericho. I think uh, Cr- Cracker Barrel, who was the sponsor of All Outs, tweeted also that he should have gone to Cracker Barrel, and none of that would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he goes to a Longhorn. He, you know, he needs his steak. He needs to to celebrate. But apparently, I don't know. What did he just leave the belt sitting in a in a in his passenger seat or something? I, like what? What? That's the way I understood I, it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. A lot of things are sound weird. Like apparently he had it in a satchel or something, and somebody just took that. And literally, they found it days later on the side of the road. Like some guy found it. He said it was on the side of the road, and he took it home with him and looked inside it and saw what it was, and then put pictures of himself with it holding it on Craigslist. This is all true. Oh my god! Before telling the police that he had it. Wait, on Craigslist, not on Facebook? What was he trying to yeah. do? Sell it? Obviously. That's, that's what I guess. That's what Jericho said in a tweet. So that's what I'm thinking. That is the most. Okay, so I got to ask you guys. Is this a work or is this a shoot? I, th- I think they it, almost made I it, think it a work. Was a shoot. They almost made it a work. Yeah. Okay. I think it was I think it was a shoot at the very beginning. It really happened. But then they, just, but then they smartly went along with it because, you know, if this had happened <laughs> to any other promotion, this they would have been a laughing stock. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the so, case here. Yeah. Oh, now they're viral. Did not happen here. They went viral and they ran with it smartly. Yeah, it, if this had happened in WWE or if this had happened in Impact Wrestling or one of those other ones, people would have been like, "Yeah, look how dumb they are." Yeah, <laughs> they, we got to yeah. roast it, Amateurs. but they would have ignored it too because WWE would just be like, "Oh, yeah. oh here's a replica belt. We're good." That's exactly. Yeah, that's it. it was it was it very was, good press. I think in the long run, it was very good press. Like it blew up really quick. And in those first few hours, though, I was like. What? Like, what the fuck, man? Just, Come yeah, on, sounded, guys. It did sound like a, it did sound like a storyline, right, at the very beginning? <laughs> yeah, it totally did. I was like, all right, who's going to come out? It's going to be Kenny Omega saying it, he, it should be him. It should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, Ziggler will come. He's going to just defect and be over, and it should be me. <laughs> oh, God. 
So yeah, so that happened. Uh, long story short, he's got the belt back, which is great because it's a gorgeous belt, man. That's an actually I, I really like that belt a lot. It's very nice. It just, harkens back to the older style belts. Yeah, yeah. And I also like that they call it belts, right? They don't call them titles. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that goes uh, a long way with me. Same, same. So, okay, I'll tell you what. I think last episode of the one before, I really came down on Corny. Uh, that's one of the things I do love about the man, though, is that he's got a deep root in the history of wrestling, and he's he hates when people calls it calls calls him titles. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like, no, this is a belt. Okay, it's a belt that represents the title. Corny, I think Corny is someone that it's okay to both love and hate at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, he's sure. okay with that too. I think he's okay with that. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. definitely is. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, let's go into the E real quick before we go into our topic today, because our e, uh, what we're going to discuss about what happened in the E this week is going to lead into the topic. We're going to switch them around. We're not going to start with Raw. We're going to go to SmackDown. Um, some interesting things were happening. Actually, no, we'll just go into uh, the biggest thing that happened in both of them. Who, uh, we don't have to discuss. I mean, unless there's anything else that happened in both of those aside from the uh, big thing. Uh, I think there's a couple things. I watched both shows this week. That's yeah. the first time in a long time. Same. As they were coming on, I honestly thought both shows were in, much improved. Uh, I there was actually really good wrestling on both shows. Oh yeah, uh, that I loved that. We actually had real wrestling that was to me above par. Like it was really good. Uh, and also the Bray Wyatt stuff was very good and very funny. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was cool with that. Uh, I'm still not cool with them already getting a title shot, despite me being a giant Bray fan. I don't like that still, but I like what they did here with it. Uh, but yeah, I just really was, I hope it keeps going like this because even just the wrestling, it's like they had more wrestling this time Yeah, and on both. You're right. It was on yeah. both. Very good. And even, and even Elias of all people who I don't, who I like as a character, but I don't necessarily think of him as a good wrestler. Oh yeah. Had a good match this week. I agree. Well, it could be also because I mean, Ali's always good, dude. At least yes. what I've been seeing yes. recently, he's been, I mean, he's really, good. really good. Um, yeah, he's really, really good. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about the whole, you know, revival and Randy Orton, you know, attacking Kingston and, and the New Day anymore. I'm kind of getting bored of that story. I got to be honest. With I you. hate faction wars at this point because I feel like people just throw together factions now to compete. And that that's really, I mean, legit. That's what this is. This is a thrown together faction uh, war to go up against Kofi and Big E and Xavier Woods. It just uh, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I've seen it far too many times. And it just it just doesn't work. It never lasts. People it, don't get yeah. invested. And isn't that sad? Because literally all six men are very talented. <laughs> yeah, very it's horrible. Exactly. It's yeah. it's yeah. You don't need to do all this for them. I mean, let the revival continue their their you know tag team, you know, climb for the belts again. Being heels, that's fine. We don't need this. This is this is a little much. Um. Okay. So there were two big things that I feel like were the biggest things that happened on the E this week. One of them being the whole. Uh, Rowan going crazy and talking about nobody tells Rowan what to do. Nobody slaps Rowan around. Right, yeah. That was a pretty big reveal. Well, I don't know about reveal. I think we all kind of knew it was him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got to say, I like that they're at least giving him a chance. He's been there long enough now where you need to see if he can sink or swim. Uh, this is a good, this is a good, for me, this was a good showing for him. Uh, I like the fact that he wasn't like just team Brian anyway. He literally put Brian through a table. So, uh, overall, despite the fact that I still, I'm not a hundred percent behind this storyline. I still thought that this was much better than I expected it to be. Yeah. This, this is definitely, a, that's a good point, Johnny. This is a sink or swim thing for him. Cause, cause Rowan's been on his own before very briefly, but it hasn't panned out. He's always done best when he's paired up with a, you know, a, a megastar like Bray, like, you know, like, well, when him and Harper were teaming up. So, so yeah, this is definitely, this is could be a good opportunity for him. Uh, and, and we'll really get to see how good he can do. Uh, we've seen other, you know, team breakups like Enzo and, and Big Cass. And when they went off on their own, they didn't really do too well. This is, I think, the second or third time they're giving Rowan a single shot. So, uh so yeah, this this could be his last big run if he doesn't you know if he doesn't pull it off. Yeah, uh, and I mean some people you need to see what they have, and this is the way you do it. Uh, it's obvious that he's I mean he's a big guy and those don't just walk in your door every day. 
I think he's been serviceable. Uh, he's been very lucky in that he's always been paired with people who have been considered really good. Uh, I think it's helped him a lot, but I do think he's improved quite a bit too. So, um, I hope, I hope because they need more really good heels. I hope he, he, he swims. I hope that this isn't about trying to make him, uh, a singles star, but this is a sign of Luke Harper coming back and we need to separate him. Oh, from I Daniel would love Bryan. that too. Unless, I'd love that too. unless yeah. this is a complete work and we see Brian swerve us Bludgeon Brothers are back, but Brian's like their little ringleader, their minion that comes out and does all the talking. Or what if he was working for Bray Wyatt this whole time? Ooh. Ooh. This runs deep. This runs deep. Yeah. This could go anywhere, but if you want to talk about some stuff, uh, let's get into the Bailey thing, dude. I feel like I, I was expecting I this <laughs> a long time ago, and yeah. we didn't get it, so every time they keep hinting at it, it i keep rolling my eyes uh except this time for some reason with with sasha banks as heel this time i felt like oh they're gonna do this they're gonna have them both be best heel best friends i am on board for this i love this like even down to how they actually did the turn where she's yeah. holding a chair and she turns and she's holding it and she's doing a really good job just building up that uh you know the the drama and she looks at Sasha and smiles at her. Yeah. That smile was perfect. I loved every bit of this. It's about time. Bailey needed something. Uh, she was nowhere near who she was in NXT. They really dropped the ball with her. Uh, so I think she really needs this. I think a lot like how Daniel Bryan, you know, last year or not too long ago, he was kind of rejuvenated by a heel turn. You know, I kind of feel like this could do the same for her. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Bailey, yeah, Bailey's been kind of stale, even though like that title, that title run she you know she had was was cool. Uh, yeah, you definitely need a fresh start, and yeah, her character's been just kind of floating around uh, the last three years. Good good times, bad times, and uh, and so much more. But yeah, this is a good this is good for Bailey. Yeah, and I'm hoping that this is gonna help. I don't know because. The whole hugging thing, that's the whole, it's just so vanilla, right? And for, for when it comes from her, it feels like she's literally reciting things that she rehearsed, you know, the night before. They gave her her lines and she made sure she knew them word for word. There felt like there was no conviction. It feels like she's going to have fun with this and that you're going to, you, we're going to get more from her promos. Not, not that we would, uh, that we did on, on Tuesday because the SmackDown promo was kind of weak for me, but. Uh, especially because she came out still with the hugger thing and everything. Like I, yeah, I would have liked it more if she the... came straight out with this kind of. But you think it's kind of the thing where she's not sure if she wants to be heel, but she's going to let the crowd turn her heel. No, I think it's more that she's definitely heel, but she's ch- trying to act like you know she was right. That's what a heel should do. They should uh, feel they're right. Uh, so I was okay with it. I understand what you're saying, but yeah, it didn't. It just um, felt it felt awkward. It didn't yeah. feel it didn't feel convincing. Yeah, but in, in all fairness to her, a lot of the wrestlers act like they've been <laughs> rehearsing because they have because they're told word for word what they have to say. Yeah, and then and then they have to remember last minute. Oh, this is a new change. Let me see if I can't yeah. work that in. Yeah, I um, can I can understand how that even remotely begins to work well because yeah. it does it. But we were see we saw this for a couple of years now straight uh, through the E. Not not anything that helped happen in NXT. But when they were called, we've seen where uh, Sasha and Bailey have had contentious moments. There were times when we thought Bailey was going to turn heel. There was times. We thought Sasha was going to turn heel, and yeah. it just never happened. They end up going to therapy, uh, a la what is it, Daniel Bryan and Kane style. Then they go to therapy yeah. back in the day. Yeah, uh, they did. Yep. And so that was like the whole gimmick there. And then the best friends again. And then all of a sudden, we hear these rumors that you know Sasha Banks is crying and going off stage, and she's leaving after WrestleMania. And everybody's like, "What is going on with these people?" Lo and behold, she comes back and she turns heel. Right then, Bailey turns heel. So. These are things you do when you're trying to kind of kickstart your 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 career again or your character or your gimmick. Something. You need something. You need a, a breath of fresh hair because what's been working uh, before is no longer working. Um, so we decided yeah. we were going to discuss that kind of thing tonight, right? Like these are the kinds of things that uh, a wrestler or, or bookers will use to help generate more interest in the product. And – Dude, over over wrestling's history, there have been many many memorable heel turns 
Uh, so that's what we're going to discuss tonight. Yeah. We're going to some have, some have literally saved companies. I think that's oh, yeah. what really put WCW on the map. Uh, put yep. them in number one when Hogan turned. That's I mean, it's one of the biggest ones ever. <laughs> yeah. That's number one on my list. It's literally yeah. at the top of my list. Hogan joins the NWO because for the longest yeah. time they were teasing that there was a third member, and no one, oh, no yeah. one yeah. would have thought it was Hogan. Yeah, it was done so well, and and he really took to the role. So. Uh, I, you know, it, that's a, just a prime example of how you can do a heel turn and it can actually, honestly, it can really help a career too. Cause he was at the point then when he turned that nobody really cared about him anymore. And think about this too, is that that was in a day and age where technology was much more prevalent than it was earlier, right? Like, because when we got the curtain call and everybody saw that the death of kayfabe, um, that was a much earlier time, so we've already had more technology. It was crazy that it didn't that it didn't leak out that Hogan was going to turn. Because I feel like it shocked everyone. I remember I was shocked. I did not expect that at all. Same. I mean, I grew up being a uh, loving Hulk Hogan as a kid. Yep. So, uh, I was This blew me away. <laughs> I was like I was taking my vitamins because of you. <laughs> and you do this to me. <laughs> Yeah, I think the only thing, it didn't even really ruin it, but if really it was Heenan uh, on it commentary who made yeah, the comment, yeah. it, like it, it it felt like, oh no, like you're half spoiling it. And he, I mean, it, did, it didn't really matter. Uh, watching it it's live, it's, it's that part's cringeworthy, but overall, the, the effect on it, all the garbage that got thrown in the ring. Oh, like, that was so good. That was, it was amazing. It was amazing, and that's, you know. Yeah, I couldn't imagine how it would be if you were actually there in person and you saw that. I mean, I bet that would have blown your mind. Right, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, what else is on your list, Matt? Oh, boy. Uh, I think one that I have to reference is when Triple H turned on DX and joined the uh, corporation. Oh, that's right. That was, a co- that was a cool little thing. I mean, DX was everything at that time, and, and you know, mm-hmm. but Triple H was starting to – take off as a singles competitor and and yeah i think that was a, it was a, it was the right move for that time but still surprising and i mean he's done it multiple times he turned on Shawn michaels when michaels came back in 2002 yeah and yep. i mean that's just triple h's way i i i really think um what's best for business man what's best for business yeah that was that was a big one for me uh one of the ones I have on my list is uh, Shawn Michaels super kicking Marty Jannetty, then putting him through the plate, the the glass. And I remember seeing that as a younger kid, like I was little then, and I remember because I was a fan of the Rockers. So when that happened, I couldn't believe it. That was like if Robin or Batman turned on the other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. It blew my mind. I could not believe it. Considering how long they were together, too. I mean, they were. When did that happen? That was early '90s, I think. When that, or late yeah, the '80s, '89 or '90, was something like that. Okay. I have to look it but up. But they were together through, throughout the entire '80s together, not just in WWF, yeah. but I mean, there was several other promotions where they were traveling to, and they really, they really grinded to make a name for themselves. And when that happened, that that's surprising. Nowadays, a team's together for six months, and the, they think a heel turn is going to be effective, and it wasn't. Yeah. But that was how you should do those that was exactly how you should do that agreed johnny who's on your list uh the i had two that came to mind automatically one of them was kind of recent but it was i felt it was done so well and that was the kevin owens and y2j one oh okay i love how they did that one with the list like you know kevin hands him a new list and jericho slowly like they both acted the part out so perfectly Mm -hmm. and jericho's like why is my name on here? And then, I mean, it's just done so well. I can watch that turn a hundred times a day. Yeah, that's a good one. Gets old. And the other one for me growing up would be, uh, I was always, I was always fascinated by the undertaker and Paul. Oh Bearer. yes, dude. Yes. And then when Paul Bearer turned on undertaker, I couldn't believe it. Man. I couldn't believe it either. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. They felt like something that would never happen. And literally it next day at the lunch table with my friends, like, could, did you see what happened? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a very good one, bro. Yeah. That's and then, such a good and then one. the other one, and the other one that comes to mind, cause I was a kid when this happened too. And I remember, I loved this guy. Like, he was even in G.I. Joe for crying out loud. Sergeant Slaughter. 
Oh, you know, he turns on America. And he turns dude. on America. He doesn't just turn heel. He turns on America. <laughs> he's he's for the Iraqis. Yeah. I, when I was a kid, I was really, really mad about that. I was really that was during the, about that. That was like during the Gulf War, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Um, I got one to add, if that's okay. I've got. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I've got a few more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Probably one or two, actually, um, that I'll leave it at that. Uh, this one. Yeah, this one was a tough one for me. It was when Eddie turned heel and during that last run he had, oh. 05. Uh, he couldn't beat Rey Mysterio. They had a couple matches mm-hmm. against each other, and he couldn't get the job done. And Eddie just legit just beat the piss out of Rey Mysterio to close out a SmackDown. And this yep. is, you know, this is after Eddie, just one of the most beloved baby faces. He had been a baby face for about two years at that point. You know, heavyweight champion run, and just. Very goofy, beloved, and when he turned on Ray, it was one of the most. You know, it was it was really intense and shocking. It was very shocking. Like I didn't know what to say, and he came out with his, his new theme song and everything. Like it was just a very vastly different Eddie Guerrero. That theme song, by the way, was one of my favorites at the time. Uh, Which one was that? The I, I, I lie, I cheat, I steal. Yeah, yeah, with the cell yeah. phone ringing at the at the the beginning <laughs> of it. Yeah. You know what's weird though is that's when like I'd always knew Eddie was really good, but that's when I became a fan of his. I know that sounds weird. Oh no, yeah. Like, that's when he would start doing the things like he would uh, when he was in a match, he would literally do a cheat that was so fantastic. He would throw a chair at at a guy and he would catch it and he would fall down on the ground acting like he got hit by the chair, stuff like that. And the ref would see it and and disqualify the other guy. Yeah, like I freaking was like this Eddie Guerrero is a legend. Yeah. For real, like, I love that stuff. And then the guy could, the guy could work. He could oh, work. Oh, yeah, that's putting it lightly. That good lord. So yeah, good. CM Punk actually, uh, you know, really put him over in like 2002 when Eddie was away from the E. Uh, Punk had a, ma- a triple threat match with Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero for promotion, and Punk thought he was really good. And he said until he stepped in the ring with Eddie Guerrero, and he's like, mm. "Man, I am not all that I think I am." And he learned a bunch from that. <laughs> he learned a bunch from that match. That's how good Eddie is. That's how much he was respected. Uh, he That's was amazing. he was at the for- I think at the for- I would have to say the forefront of the cruiserweights in WCW. Oh, and yeah. transitioned 100%. very well to WWE, you know, with the radicals yeah. and, and his angle with China and and all that. So he's he's always been really good, like one one of the better entertainers of all time, uh, but better pure wrestlers too. Like some guys aren't you don't you get more of one side than you do the other. Like Hulk Hogan, great yeah. entertainer, uh, and, but if you watch some of his you know Hulkamania stuff, it's not oh, the God. best work ethic. Uh, right, Eddie made both and did excelled at both of those aspects of it and that's why he was a star speaking of work ethic and this wasn't because they poured water on their heads before he came out eddie was one of those guys that came in you know and yeah you know he came in and he was ready to work by the time he was leaving he was literally dripping with sweat you know what i mean and i miss some of those workhorses because you don't see that anymore when you're watching the e and i don't know if it's maybe because we have better air conditioning now but it looks like some of these guys barely break a sweat right samoa joe will go in there and drop loads of sweat in the ring but then you'll have somebody else go in there and by the time they're done they're, they're dry like what that's i mean that's a great point <laughs> it, it's, it's true it's do you it's, guys remember do you guys remember when they put out uh the WWE put out action figures that sweated. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> My dad had an Undertaker one for Christmas one year. He got he got one. That's, that's the way. That's the way it should be, man. I had a few. I just had a few here that were more recent, uh, in more recent times. So, um, Champa destroying do it yourself and attacking Johnny Gargano. Yes, yes. Oh, that's a great. Man. That's a fantastic one. That just set off one of the absolute. To me, it's up there with the the Steamboat Flair feud. I mean, these guys have a set of matches that if you did not see any of these matches in the past two years that they had during their feud, two and a half years, you're missing some of the greatest wrestling and storytelling that's I've ever witnessed ever. I've ever witnessed. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I remember when that happened, it was just like, holy shit, what? Because I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming. Same. Yeah, that was done very well. Uh, the other one was a recent one was also in NXT. Remember when Roderick Strong was a face for a while, and yeah. he was uh, he was t- teaming up with um, uh, the Bruiserweight. What's his name? Pete. Uh, Pete. Um, no, Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn. And uh, they had a they had a match with the Undisputed Era, 
And then out of nowhere, and it was like it literally got out of nowhere. He puts like a backbreaker or whatever the thing, a strong, but whatever what's his move that he does, and he throws one down on on Pete Dunn, and you're like, holy shit! And they just literally maul him, old school four horsemen style. And then you realize like he's in he's undisputed era. He's a part of them now. Yeah. Uh that that I don't know why, but um that one I think gets underrated somehow. I uh, thought it was great. It, yeah, it was fantastic. It wasn't about uh, it wasn't I don't feel feel like it was about, you know, the Roderick Strong Pete Dunn relationship. It was about seeing this guy who was always about, you know, I'm gonna be the good guy, I'm gonna fight for right get seduced by the dark side and turn on somebody who was who was gaining more popularity as a face because for a while they were trying to push Pete as a heel with all of his dirty antics and his kind of strong style wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I had I had one more. Yeah. Um I I feel not only is this one legendary but I think for whatever reason the part that gets underlooked was the fact that for Hawk to body slam Andre Andre turned to heel before that. Oh yeah, yes, because they, he was a beloved man. He was beloved yes. before that. His whole career, basically, for the most part, he was considered a giant babyface. And for him to do this, pun intended. You know, oh yeah, I did. I did actually intend it. <laughs> but uh, you know, this was pretty incredible for the moment. I mean, it set up an iconic match for one. Yeah. And really, is the and he's really the reason why Hulk Hogan. I mean, he was already taken off, but that really set him to the stratosphere. Oh yeah. Uh, but man, just that moment of when he when he grabs Hulk by the shirt, you know, and he just kind of <laughs> shakes him <laughs> like crazy, like he's a little rag doll, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, this is a uh, this is pretty amazing. Yeah. And his reasoning was sound. Like, why didn't he ever? If we were friends, why didn't I ever get a shot at the title? Yeah. Yep. That type of thing. So like it. Man, what a to me, that's one of the great turns in, in pro wrestling history. No, yeah, it's definitely definitely one of the best. I had one more, but I can't even top that. I think that's the best way to, to close this one off. <laughs> I really do. I mean that that people don't discuss that as one of the greatest heel turns. They they refer but to the match. Is. They refer to the match as one of the you know, this really cool, exciting match. It, it's constantly like look back to back upon. You get highlight videos all the time. But nobody really talks about the heel turn. Uh, so I'm glad that you brought that up, Johnny. It, it is. I watched it very. Uh, I just watched it a few months ago, and, and yeah, it was it was pretty intense. All things considered, you know, Andre lifelong babyface to that point, never been heel, mm-hmm. uh, never lost at, at that point either. And for him to join this Heenan family, uh, like that's the ultimate betrayal right there. And I think that yeah. that was one of the first biggest betrayals in pro wrestling. Uh, once they started getting more storyline heavy, I, I think that's one of the bigger ones. Agreed. What do you think it felt like to be him? His whole career loved. Then he's coming to WrestleMania. Remember, he, he's on that that ring where they man. were pushing it down, and he's riding it with Heenan. Well, and that's, people that's are just because he couldn't move. People yeah. are still throwing. I mean, people are throwing shit at him. Watch it back, and shit's bouncing he off his it. head, bouncing off his body, and he had to just sit there and act like he didn't care. Yeah, he he really hated it. I don't know if you saw that amazing HBO documentary about him. I'm actually halfway uh, through it. Uh, matter of fact, I started oh, watching oh it. Oh god, night. it's so good! It's so freaking good. Be prepared to cry. Oh man! Uh, oh but no, he, I was there a couple times. Yeah, but he uh, he he hated it because he was already a humongous man. I mean, just to say he was huge is an understatement of how big he really was. If you saw him in person, he was just a humongous man, and he was already tired because he knew people would look at him and mock him. Yeah. He, he 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 was very. I don't want to say sensitive because he was obviously he was a strong guy, but you know, like there's no way you can get mocked your whole life and it not at least hurt a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And like, he was just so used to it. And he had such a hard time getting around as is. So when, so at the very least, he would show up some places, especially wrestling, people would love him and he loved being loved. I mean, that was a great feeling because when he wasn't doing that, then people were kind of looking at him right? and, you know, being really rude and all this kind of stuff. And, so when he actually turned heel, I think he knew it was best for the business. And he was kind of uh, on his way out by then anyway. I mean, he was already yeah. really slowing down physically. Uh, but, you know, it really he really hated the fact that people booed him. And even with, like, spit and throw stuff at him, he could, he, he hated it. Yeah, because this is back in the day when kayfabe was kayfabe. Like, people yeah. in public would see him and think he was really this villain. And you're right. They would right. boo him, spit him, throw things at him. And how could that feel? Jesus. 
Yeah, it, it, I think but, yeah. I, I think you got to be a certain kind of person to be okay with it. Like if, yeah. like I do think some people like I think Bobby Heenan was totally cool with it. <laughs> well, he you got know? shot at. Yeah, he literally got shot at one day. <laughs> so I think he was totally cool with it. But you know, some people yeah. are they're like, man, I, I already put up with enough. <laughs> Yeah, in my life. I don't need. This. Yeah, especially all the health issues that Andre was going on, going through with that time, yeah. the back surgery, and and just he yeah. was constantly in pain, and he got coaxed into that that matchup too with Hogan by Vince, who paid for his back surgery and, and all this. He was just still in pain to have, to have to kind of go through that. It's that's a tough. That's a yeah. That's a tough thing to to go through. <laughs> yeah. But the turn was amazing. Yes, that is, yeah, one of the great. Yeah. You're right. It's funny that you said that, Matt, because it's barely ever taught. You don't really see that on lists. But Andre's heel turn is is probably one of the most memorable and emotionally jarring ones. Yeah, especially with Hogan crying. When did Hogan ever cry? You know, and yeah. wrestling on TV and a character and image to protect. And it just it works. Yeah. So Roddy Piper coming to his aid, who battled yeah. Hogan so many times. You know, it's. It was, yeah, it was, it was so very well good, done. dude. Heck yeah. Um, did you say you had one more? Or you, you I think that's, I think that's the best, Andre. yeah, I think that's the best way to leave it. I, I, yeah. Oh man, now I'm going to wonder what it was. <laughs> we could do it off air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm done. You guys done, right? I'm good. I'm done. All right. So for Matt Johnson and Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. Thanks so much for listening to Hardly Kayfabe. Make sure you check us out on the BICBP-radio.com website. Hit up our Facebook network page. Uh, we've got some events coming up. Check those out. Some new shows on the line. Check those out. Uh, other than that, we're done. We're good to go. Let's take it home, boys. Bye.